0: Welcome to the First Impressions Podcast, the official podcast of the Forum of Instant Response and Security Teams. Every month, Chris John Riley and myself, Martin McKay, share informal conversations with security professionals from around the globe. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers alone, and any sarcasm you hear is purely intentional. For more information on FIRST or this podcast, please check out FIRST.org.
1: So, this time on the show, we're lucky enough to be talking to
2: Ed Skodis. Ed, it's been far too long. I really appreciate you uh, taking time to chat to us. It's great to be here. I missed you guys. It's so good just to to interact with you again at long last. It's been so long. So Ed, um, just to, to cover this off, is director of uh,
1: Holiday Hack, which we're going to talk a little bit about, a little bit about lessons learned in the Holiday Hack challenge, um, and president of the SANS Technical Institute and College, which uh, is a, is a thing I really want to dig into as well, because I've Great. done uh, I've done some stuff with SANS, but not in a while, so it's good to catch up on what's going on. So awesome. So right. how have you been? Um, it's it's been a long couple of years. So
2: what's what's going it, on? It in has that? been. Yeah, the whole world has changed, hasn't it? But you know, making. My way, the only way, no how, you know, uh, like the Dukes of Hazzard used to say. So, but things, things are good. You know, I've been very fortunate. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like the lockdown. I don't like uh, not being able to travel and see my friends. I, I miss going out to wonderful meals uh, with, with you folks and, and such. But that said, you know, I've been working hard. The team has been working very hard. We're doing more penetration testing than ever over at CounterHack. And then at SANS, we're launching a whole bunch of new classes, a new cloud curriculum. Uh, The SANS College, that's the SANS Technology Institute. Um, I joined as the president of that institution uh, September 1st. And there's great stuff going on there. um, We've been offering master's degrees for over 10 years. We now have a bachelor's degree uh, there. And there's uh, about 1,100 students that are either getting undergraduate, graduate degrees, or... um, Going for certificates so it's it's really kind of a neat thing because you know a lot of people take sans classes like once a year or every other year or sometimes if you're really fortunate you might do two sans classes a year. These folks are, are getting their bachelor's and master's degree often by taking 2345 sans classes a year, which is intense don't get me wrong. The thing I like the most about it is building the relationship though with the students. So, uh, in my role, we've been doing these mixers where I get to like, talk with the students, say, Hey, how are we doing? I learn from them what they're learning about and what's interesting to them. It's my favorite part of my job is, is interacting with the students and the alums. So
0: how does somebody who's, who's getting into security and getting their master's degree, how does their attitude of some of the problems that we face differ from somebody who's old and crusty, like Chris John Riley, um, and, and the he has just, for like the
2: just like Chris, just like Chris not the
0: rest of us. Not so much with the old, the crusty bit. <laughs> totally crusty. <Old laughs> yeah.
2: bit. Totally crusty. Um, so I, I do think that the older and crustier folks, um, have have somewhat of a jaded view of things. And you know, in and I succumb to this myself. It's like, okay, you know, every five or ten years in this industry, we take everything that's centralized and distribute it, and everything. That's distributed and centralized it and then we flip it and you know and it's you see the same problems just advancing year after year and applying solutions so you get jaded by that the thing that i get so energized by is to see these young people saying no we can't you're not going to you know solve all problems but we can apply new technologies to not only incrementally but even more than incrementally address some of these problems. They're not 100% solutions, but maybe 60, 70, 80% solutions. The applications of great new technologies, you know, like cloud technologies, which really can go a long way in helping small and medium businesses you know, to secure themselves. The application, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm dropping a bunch of buzzwords here, but the application of machine learning and AI, I know that's all buzzy, right? But that said, they're doing some really interesting things, solving interesting problems using new technologies. And Honestly, maybe you could say, I'm using the students, you know, because I, I, I want to meet with them. And they're like, oh, yay, we get to meet. And it's like, tell me what you're thinking about, what you're working on, because that energizes me. So that's that's how you get the new ideas, right? I mean, it's... Steal them. Bring, well, yeah, no, no, no. no go. Let's, go <laughs> <the
0: Partnerships.
1: laughs> Let's go with partnerships. Let's go with partnerships. But it's like, if we're stuck in our way and we do everything the way we did it last year and we did it 10 years ago, then it's never going to get any better. So, yeah. you know you've got to come at things with a new mindset
2: sometimes. Yep. And as the old crusty guy, you know, I'll hear sometimes their enthusiasm about this, this new idea, trying to solve an old problem. And, and instantly in your brain, you start to think, well, here's how that's going to fail. It's not going to be able to do this. And it's not, you got to push that aside. And that's still there. Right. But how can we architect and engineer this thing so that those failures of the past don't just recur?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think we can learn from it as well. I mean, someone, someone in our team came to me a few months ago and, uh, and they said, you know what we should do? We should we should work on coming up with a, a guideline for how you do penetration testing in, in a in a measurable way. And my first thought was, yeah, okay. So you mean you mean we that we have yeah, execution standard. standard, yes exactly. And, and then they're like, yeah, but what we'll do is we'll include like a way that you can communicate all of the findings in an easily digestible format that can easily be automated and pulled out and, and used in a in a reliable and repeatable fashion. And I'm like Swear, Ed and I worked on this. We worked on that, yes. On this like seven years ago, uh-huh. and we ran out of time, and then we've never come back to it. Yeah. So
0: all the old ideas are new again. So yeah, we yeah. should uh, we should pick some of those old projects up. I think. Or you should turn them over to some of these new people and say, "Here's the mistakes we made. Please right. avoid those. Go make your own mistakes. I mean, because well that's said. a huge learning experience by itself. They're the, the mistakes that they're going to make." And quite frankly, I hope these 1100 students learn to do things differently than we did. I hope they yeah. learn to communicate to the business because I know I suck at it. Yeah, that's that's
2: really good. You know, in, at CounterHack, you know, that's the uh, the pen test and consulting firm uh, that I head up. We have one of our, our rules of CounterHack is make new mistakes. And, and And there's two things embedded in that. One is, please don't make the same mistakes we've made in the past, learn from them. But the other is, it's okay to make mistakes because if you're not making some mistakes somewhere, you're not pushing the envelope. You're not trying, really. If you, You're playing too safe, you know?
1: I, I get it. I mean, it's like, the so the, the first thing I did when I finished my last project, which was released last week, was like, the first thing I thought was, I need to take a day to write all the things I did wrong that I'm not going to do next time I do this kind of project. Mm. And it's like, they're all in my head. And I know if I don't write them down, that I'll make the same mistakes. And, and I need to, I need to put this down on paper. And... And everyone's saying, "No, no, you should, you know, communicate the success and drive in this direction." I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine, but, but I want to write the things I did wrong before I
2: start to write the things I did right." I gotta ask you. I mean, Chris John Riley, that sounds very wise. What you just said there. <laughs> what, what happened to you? <laughs> someone, <laughs> what happened to you in the last two years, buddy?
1: Someone else. Someone else told me I should do it. It wasn't <laughs> oh, me. Okay, Come right, on. Right. It's. i it's, I've, I've, I feel like I've grown both. Both girth uh, over the <laughs> over the last two years of being stuck in the house, but also, you know, I've started to embrace. Compliance or complacency, How do, I'm not sure you say
0: Compliance that. I think is what you hope to say.
1: I don't know, I mean, I think everyone has to grow in their role, I mean, if, if I, I joined my current company as a pen tester who was yeah. doing research on things like SAP, Android, secure containers, and these are like that. And, and since then I've done a thousand and one different things and not talked about any of them because I'm, I'm in, in a big company and, and that's not something that I've I've looked to do, but it's there's there's got to be a growth there, otherwise, you know, ten years later you're still that hip Penchester with red hair. I mean, I don't even have any hair, so there's no same. way I can have red hair. So
2: same here, same here. Also I did
1: sans classes and they really helped me to widen my horizons.
2: Well, I'm
1: glad to hear it. I did want I wanted to go back to something you said earlier um, regarding the masters and and going through all of those sans classes in a in a com- compressed period of time. Right. Um, we, it, one thing that I immediately thought when you said that was it's so different than what a standard master's degree is where you come out the other end with a piece of paper that says you've read all, all the books Mm -hmm. and we asked you 20 questions and you know it versus the SANS class where it's like, no, we've done this. Yeah. There's there's, there's hands-on aspects to this. There's, there's so many different avenues that you have to go down to be able to pass those exams. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it gives me
2: confidence that the next generation aren't going to turn up on your doorstep and go, I read a book about this once, so right. I can do this. Well, we're super excited about it. I love working with the college. Um, the other thing that's interesting is it's not just the classes. Yes, the curriculum is the SANS curriculum. The tests are the GX certs, but there's additional work that they have to do. There's group projects where they have to collaborate and build things and test things. And um, so that's, that's kind of a neat thing, too. They also... Uh, participate in ctfs together so we have uh, uh, a they do the national cyber league and participate and uh the sands college came in sixth place in an aggregate score in the country uh last year and uh you know six I, I, and this is out of thousands of schools that participate um and i'm hoping we'll see what happens but i'm hoping this next year they do even better um and they've got some great coaches, former networx champions, are their coaches, and um, it's just exciting. It it's really. So many is. there. If you can just get them to write
1: unit tests, I think I'd be happy. That. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The that's world would be no. better place. I never thought I'd say that. Sorry.
0: It's it's a it's a real question, but you can tell me if it's if it's not a comfortable question, which is how is Sans doing on the male to female to and other ratio. I mean, that's something we as a as a community. Are still suffering a lot of problems with we we talked with um with some folks about that in the recent past and it's it's kind of worrying i'm hoping just based on my previous knowledge of of you and the the work that sans does i'm hoping you guys are being leaders in that in that direction and helping
2: yeah we're doing everything that we can to help with that um you know, SANS has launched uh, we launched this several years ago, maybe four years ago, something like that, maybe longer. Uh, the Women's Academy, where um, we reach out and provide scholarships to promising uh, women to help them get through SANS classes, earn various certifications and such. Um, the college does heavy, heavy recruiting um, with women in computing and so forth. Uh, we have other academies as well so there's the women's academy we have an underrepresented uh, minority academy um, there's a veterans academy um, and i'm really proud of the work that they do because it's I, I mean i hear these stories regularly and talk with some of the the graduates of those academies uh, it's changing lives and and it's helping to bring um more uh talent and expertise into the industry um, so that's been great. Also, Holiday Hack Challenge, you know, we we do reach out to uh, various communities to try to get more people participating in Holiday Hack Challenge from from around the world and all different communities um, that are, you know, typically not as well represented in cybersecurity. So, um, yeah, we're, we're trying to make that happen. We're trying to do it through our actions. Um, we just ran an event last week. For historically black colleges and universities. It was a net wars event where the different uh, colleges each fielded a team uh, to play in net wars. And uh, it was great. And we're hoping to grow that too. Um, you know, there were some prizes and such, and in the future, scholarships. So, so yeah, a, a lot of activity going on there. I don't have numbers off the top of my head. Um, but that said, uh, they are moving the needle. Which I think is, is all we
1: can really ask for is, is to try and move that needle in the right direction. I don't think there's going to be that silver bullet where you come up with a solution and the next day, everything's solved, right? This is going right. to be yeah. something that we need to actively work on for a long while. And I think the more
2: people who are actively working on it from different areas, the, the better the results are going to be. Right. And there's a, there is a, and I, and I think a, a big piece of that puzzle is the very active re- recruiting that SANS is doing for, uh, instructors. Um, because, you know, the instructor is, is you know, that face that you see in the classroom, maybe virtual classroom or, or face-to-face, and uh, really working hard to make sure that we have uh, more diversity in the instructor core.
0: And something else you said earlier, and let's pretend for a moment I'm completely ignorant. Um, pretend. What is, <laughs> pretend. Yes. Yeah. What wow. is, explain what Holiday Hacks is and, and what, for, for people who may not know what that is, um, so, what they could do. Yes, the Holiday Hack
2: Challenge. So every year we run the Sands Holiday Hack Challenge. And it started all the way back in 2002. So we're we're 19 years into this thing. And what is it? I mean, at its core, it is a series of challenges. Um, Cybersecurity challenges, not just offense. It's Holiday Hack Challenge. But we have a balance between offense, defense, digital forensics. And they're the highest quality challenges we can make. We spend over a year working on this thing. So you've got the challenges that you have to solve and all of them are real world cybersecurity skills. They're a huge range of difficulty. Some of them are really easy. And even little kids play this thing, kids as young as five years old. And some of them, and we tell you which ones are the easy ones and how they increase in difficulty. In case you wanna play, Martin. Right,
0: exactly. I'm glad they they make accommodations for those who are challenged like me.
2: And some of them are like, you, you need to be a complete guru to solve them. I mean, last year's most difficult challenge was uh the naughty nice list as everybody knows is blockchain technology um in fact santa claus invented blockchain technology and leaked it out back in that paper by satoshi nakamoto have you ever noticed satoshi nakamoto you can't spell satoshi nakamoto without s-a-n-t-a so there i just revealed who satoshi is it's santa Claus. I've, I've never seen them in the same room at the same time so. True. true, true. So but last year, you had to figure out how Jack Frost hacked the naughty nice list to insert a record on it that made him the nicest person in the world. And he did this by exploiting uh, improperly uh, built pseudo-random number uh, uh, generator, as well as exploiting hash collisions. Um, So that was that was pretty tough. But then we also had some easy ones, too. So it's it's the challenges. It's also a virtual world. You, you create a little avatar and you hop around in this virtual world so there's a a large-scale dynamic video game aspect to this um where you can hop around and it's social too you can see other avatars other players we had 19,000 people play last year and you can interact with those people you can work in teams we have a discord channel um so you can interact and work on challenges together we release an album of custom commissioned holiday music every year <laughs> the album's one of my favorite parts wow. uh, we account Ninjala has participated in these albums. He's a great DJ. Um, we've also had Dualcore uh, cut some songs with us, and we release all of these songs on all of the streaming services. So they're all out there. Uh, people can listen to them. Um, in addition to that, I mean, there's prizes, there's fun prizes. Uh, so it's, it's, it's all this stuff baked together, and it's a conference. Uh, KringleCon is the conference, and we have some of the best speakers in the industry. Uh, that speak on all kinds of great topics. And some of the topics that they speak on, you can use what you learn in their talks to solve the challenges in the Holiday Hack Challenge. So it's it's all this stuff kind of infused together. And it it launches the second week of December. And it runs for about a month. We go to the first business Monday or Wednesday of, of January, depending on the calendar. But here's the deal. We leave them up all year round. So if you want to practice, if you want to do last year's challenge, if you want to practice, you know, now um, you can play the last three years of challenges. So and, and oh, there's also a weird, quirky storyline. Every year, some holiday supervillain is trying to destroy the whole holiday season. And you have to solve the challenges to thwart the villain. Um, last year's villain was Jack Frost, and uh, he was trying to impersonate Santa Claus. To screw up everything at the north pole so our players had to become santa claus and set everything right again wow. and the the 2021 holiday hack challenge uh the subtitle is called jack's back it turns out although you know our nineteen thousand players did everything they could to thwart jack frost last year which was great um he got off on a technicality the the legal structure of the north pole for criminal prosecution is complex, as you might expect. And um, so Jack Frost uh, got out on a technicality. He's back. He has bought up all the land next to Santa's castle, and he's going to do something. So we're, we're watching it carefully. Um, so this this weird quirky storyline usually is about 13 or 14 months in the making. So I'm usually working on the storyline, not for the this year's Holiday Hack Challenge, but a year in advance so we can get all the stuff together for that. That's what Holiday Hack Challenge is. It's just that. It's like, it's a small little thing. It doesn't take a lot. It's like years in the making. It takes (laughs) thousands of hours for us to put this thing together. And it is a labor of love. You know, I joke with my team, and it's not really a joke, but I joke with my team (laughs) saying everything else that we do, all of the pen testing, all of the cyber range work we do, net wars and so forth, we do all of that just so that we can feed ourselves while building Holiday Hack Challenge. And that's really what our purpose is. (laughs) Now, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. They, I, I heard from a guy in Sands the other day, sorry to interrupt, but a guy in Sands said to me the other day, he's like, we have a, a drinking game in Sands, and that is every time Ed mentions Holiday Hack Challenge, no matter when it is in the year, you have to take a drink. Um, so no, matter,
0: that? no matter if it's 8 a.m. in the morning or, or 5 o'clock at night, you've got to take a drink and probably keep going.
2: I didn't know it was a thing, but apparently it is. Well, you can exploit that
1: for some, <laughs> I guess I some fun experiences. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to touch on one of the things. You mentioned that it's a, a, a game format, right? And it's gamification and yes. uh, you bring people in through that format. But it's been going for 19 years. Mm-hmm. Take take us back to, to day one, the first iteration. It wasn't it wasn't a a, a 2D game
2: experience with all of these these things. No, so, it was it, it so. It originally started at uh, one of the online magazines asked me, could I write a, a little hacking challenge? And it had nothing to do with the holidays. So, uh, but I decided, wouldn't it be fun to make a movie theme for it? So I did the first one in May of 2002 and it was based off, you remember that stupid movie called Face Off with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Remember it? I have it on DVD. What's a DVD? <laughs> That's crazy. It's like a Blu-ray, but worse. (laughs) So I, I I did one on that, right? That was the first one. And then I did another one on the star Wars movie the next month and they wanted one of these a month. Um, that's not asking a lot. (laughs) I think they were paying me like 500 bucks for each one. So whatever. Right. And then I did one on, um, the wizard of Oz. And then I did one on the princess bride and on Robin hood and Spider-Man. And then in December of 2002, I did the first holiday themed one. And it was called how the Grinch hacked Christmas. Okay. And it was all written in prose. Now, when I first started doing these things, it was just me working on them. I would spend one or two whole days writing it. That was it. Whole, day. whole days. And I would release it and we would have two or 300 people participate. <laughs> so it was just a small scale thing. I don't know. Two or 300 people is still pretty good for, for, for that kind yes. of thing. Right. So Well, well I continued writing them uh, to the rate right, about one a month. I did Back to the Future, Willy Wonka. Uh, I did a, uh, one themed on the matrix spinal tap. And then I did my second holiday one called Rudolph's cross-site Christmas. That was December of 2003. Then Amazon gave... thing is still such a big thing, right? Yeah, really. Yeah. Amazon <laughs> actually commissioned one from me. They said, we like this. Can you do one for us for Valentine's day? I don't know why Amazon wanted a holiday, a hacking challenge for, for Valentine's day, but I wrote one and they liked
1: let, it. let me tell you about geeks. A lot of them are alone. So oh. busy over Valentine's Day. It's much it's so stereotypical. Chris, yeah.
0: you found someone, so there is hope for everyone. There's someone for
1: everyone. Yes.
2: Well, I
0: continued writing them up through uh
2: 2000. You know, a- about every month or two, and then it just became overwhelming. I had so many other responsibilities and such that I um. Do you remember the Rankin and Bass special, the stop motion animation? Uh, you know, for holiday specials, they did one called. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. And in that story, Santa was delivering toys year round to the kids of, I think it was called Somerville. And um, Santa was overwhelmed. And he decided that he was going to limit himself to just doing the toy deliveries during the holiday season. And I thought, you know, if that's good enough for Santa, it's good enough for me. So we will do holiday hack challenge. So I decided to just start doing one a year i can't do one a month it's just too much but let's make that one a year the best that we can
1: and you grew it to take 12 to 13 months to get
2: (laughs) two
1: days a month and and you turned it into a full-time job for an entire team
2: yeah gosh you're right i didn't realize how (laughs) blindingly stupid that was.
1: i was gonna ask you you, what did you learn from this experience
0: (laughs) but i'm an idiot (laughs) (laughs) you got away with it that's what's important yeah Well,
1: it's become so much more, right? I mean, I'm thinking about those earlier versions, right? mm -hmm. You're doing so much more with it now. It's so much bigger, there's so many more, 19,000 people instead of two or 300. It's it's grown exponentially, right?
2: It has. So I started getting my friends involved and I wrote one with Kevin Johnson. I wrote one with Tim Medin. I wrote one with uh, Tom Hessman and Yuri Kovichko, who are on my team. But a big watershed event was, I think it was Holiday Hack 2013. And that's when uh, Josh Wright joined my team full-time. And we really upped the game there. We worked on it. It was my whole company, which was me, Tom, Hessman, Yuri Kovichko, and Josh Wright. We worked for like a month or two on it. And um, it was based on um, the... Um, oh, what's the movie with George Bailey? And uh, it's... Um, I, I don't have it in front of me. The, uh, the one where... Um, He throws himself into the river and Clarence, the angel comes to, to help him realize his life was important.
0: You mean the black and white one from like the 40s? Uh, It's not angels in the outfield. I know that.
2: No, it's not that. But anyway, (laughs) we, we, we did one on that and that, that worked out well. And then I hired more people to work, you know, doing pen tests and and also building cyber ranges for SANS. And um, another big watershed event was 2015. Josh Wright came to me. And Josh said, hey, for the new NetWars, can we do an integrated video game virtual world so people can play together? And I was like, I don't know if we can do that and pull it off very well. So um, maybe we could do it for Holiday Hack because that's a free thing. NetWars is for pay. Let's do a free thing and see if we can pull it off. So we built it all in BrowserQuest. BrowserQuest is an open source 2D video game environment. And that was in Zelda type. Style. Yeah, it's very Zelda type. Yeah. And that was in 2015. And we put music in it. That was the first time we did music. And we collaborated with a group called 8-Bit Universe. And they made 8-Bit music. And we asked them if we could use their holiday music inside this virtual world. And they said, yes, it was great. So that was 2015. And it was so cool. We had thousands of people participating and they're hopping around their work. It was the social aspect that was launched with that. We, we we had this big virtual world, and there was this one area of the world where things were kind of empty, and we noticed that people would hop over there and just start chatting with each other about the challenges and such. And people were commenting about how much fun they had as they were work, walking around this virtual world because they'd walk around and see, you know, people that they knew from the real world. You know, they'd see Chris John Riley or somebody commented, "Hey, I was just walking around in Holiday Hack Challenge and I saw HD Moore, and I said hi." You know, and it's like this is cool, right?
1: So you was invented what... Meta
2: before Meta? It was very, um, yes, exactly. Was... Meta is scary, isn't it? But uh, so that was 2015. Then 2016 came around and we decided we're going to increase the size of the world. We're still going to do it in Browser Quest, But where 2015 was 8-bit, I wanted it to be 16-bit. And I wanted the music to be sort of a steampunk electro swing. Now, that music wasn't available, so I contacted... Count Ninjala and said, hey, can we collaborate and I'll commission this music from you. And we released an album of music with it. That was 2016. Such a great DJ. He's so good at doing music as well.
1: So definitely awesome. look up Count know, Ninjala on any music platform. So, and he's, oh, just Ninjala now. I think
2: he dropped he's the He's Ninjala. Yeah, he dropped the count. I'm old fashioned. If it was stripped from him or if he dropped it, I don't know. Maybe yeah, he married
1: it. I already had to lose the title. I'm not sure.
2: He he's knows. a delight to work with as well. Um, we've also had Keith Myers uh, do some some stuff for us in the past as well and Keith and Ninjala working together on stuff. Now that's a trip because they would put together some music. I I come up with some ideas saying, can it sound like this, but maybe with a little bit of that, can you mix this in? And then they make it amazing, right? Because I'm an idiot, right? They just make it amazing. And um, some of my most enjoyable times in making this stuff is getting on a Zoom-style call with Keith Myers and Ninjala and they're like playing for me what they're mixing. And it's like, this is freaking awesome. Um, so so by the end of 2016, we realized we had pushed Browser Quest beyond its abilities. So we decided in 2017 to do something very different. And it was controversial and not a lot of people liked it. I'll admit it. We decided to build our own gaming engine. And um, we did a 3D... Um, interactive physics puzzler where the the abominable snow monster is throwing these snowballs down a mountain to destroy elf homes and stuff like that. And a lot of people didn't like the 3D aspect. Uh, Well, not the 3D aspect. It was the physics aspect of it. Because you could put like candy canes and stuff and try to steer the snowballs. And it wasn't as social. So one of the things we learned is people love the social of 2015 and 2016. We lowered that in 2017. Big mistake. So we went back to the drawing board, and in 2018, using our own game engine, we released one based on the movie Die Hard. But it's set at the North Pole. Hans Gruber is, instead of uh, the, um, uh, the building you know, in the Die Hard movie, he seizes Santa's castle, and you have to like, battle him and, and the grunting soldiers that are there and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and we brought a lot more social interaction back, and we had this virtual world. Um, we got new music uh, done by Dual Core and Ninjala and Keith uh, Myers, and 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 another change happened in that 2018 one. We we kind of figured out how to build these virtual worlds better, how to make them more social, how to make them more interactive. We upped our game on the challenges. Instead of being mostly offensive, we had a balance of offense, defense, and everything. And the other thing that happened, I can see this in retrospect we had established a storyline of Santa and his castle with the elves that then continued into 2019, 2020, and will continue into 2021. So now if you've never played before, it doesn't matter if you don't know the story of 2018 or 2019. But if you have played in the past, you could say, oh, I see how this is moving forward and how references from the past ones are coming up in this one. Um, So it's almost like, you know, we started this in 2002, it took us until 2018 to find our voice. I mean, it's 16 years of development and adding the video game and doing albums and, and all of this. Another thing that we work really hard on is this idea of having a smooth progression in difficulty. And, and we use, you know, how many people successfully complete challenge one, how many successfully complete challenge two. And, and what you want to see is like a, a smooth line going down. I'm moving my hands. I know that we're, you know, on a, uh, an audio podcast, but you want to see a smooth line going down. If you see a big drop, that means that one was too hard. We want 98% of the people to finish challenge one. I set as a goal for my team, I want two to 3% to finish the hardest challenge. Not less than 2%, not more than 3%, but two to 3%. And and I'm proud of my team because this is really hard to do. Because sometimes a challenge you think is hard, it turns out it's easy. There's a way to get around it. Sometimes stuff that you think is easy is hard because people think different. But I'm really proud of my team because they they nailed it pretty well in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. I'm hoping we're gonna do the yeah. same in twenty twenty one. It's so hard to do. I mean, often
1: with CTFs, it often comes down to do you know this one trick? And
2: if you do, it's easy, but if you don't, it's impossible. And right. And those, those, we, those wind me up personally. Yeah. We get around that problem this way. It's it's maybe it's cheating on our part a little bit. We, we have what we call our objectives, and those are the things you have to solve to solve the holiday hack challenge. But each objective has what we call a terminal challenge. And the terminal challenge is usually in the online video game right next to the objective. And the terminal challenge is sitting there on a little terminal. You click on it, and it pops up a terminal window in your browser, and you have to do something there. And there's an elf sitting next to the terminal. And if you click on the elf, the elf tells you some problem he's having. And if you help him solve the problem in the terminal... The elf will give you hints about the bigger objective. So if you, and and these terminal challenges, we designed them all to be finished in 10 or 15 minutes. The terminal challenges are quick. They're popcorn. The objectives for the harder challenges might take you three or four or eight or 10 or 12 hours. Okay. But for that like obscure little thing that you need to know, turns out the elf figured it out. You just have to help him solve the terminal and he'll tell you. There's all kinds of fun stuff. Our, our elves from 2018, Josh Wright named all the elves. Oh, um, the elves are pulling in their own personalities. So we've got this elf is all kind of a bumbling idiot. We've got this other elf that does this or that. Um, so it's it's Alabaster Snowball. He's the one that always gets himself into big trouble. So, but you could see the elves and their personalities evolving year after year. Now, it's it's Alabaster Snowball. I mean, Alabaster Snowball. Yeah, is this is
1: this must have been one of the later names. Where it's like, okay, we've named one Bob, we've named one. Henry. No, no,
2: they're all like that. They're all like that. There's One Horse Open Sleigh. One of the one of the toughest names for me, and I don't want to get myself into trouble. But um, Josh Wright named this this elf, and it's Candy Cane striper striper you have to say it very carefully because you know there you go so it's like but you don't want to revoke that elf right because the name might be hard to say um so but uh you could
1: probably blur them
0: (laughs) well (laughs) It, it sounds like your naming meetings come after the meeting where you say holiday hack challenge 25 times yes that's right yes Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I was
2: asked actually, uh, by, by one of our sponsors the other day, like, where do these storylines come from? Is it after having a lot of whiskey? And it's actually, no, it's in the morning. I go for long walks in the morning. I know this might sound a little weird, but Santa Claus whispers in my ear and just tells me what's happening at the North pole. And that's where the stories come from. Um, and they're, they're fairly elaborate stories that unfold over time as you solve different challenges. Um, and you know, another thing that that we've learned is this. And this is not only me learning, but the team is learning. Because you'll they'll write these challenges and they're not integrated with the storyline yet. And they always get so worried. How will the technical challenge I'm working on fit into the storyline? And and they would never trust me. It's like, don't worry about that. I got that. I totally got that. I can take almost any technical challenge and wind it into some holiday story. And the, the other thing is. If We try to make the stories coherent and try to make sure there's not holes in the story so it makes sense. But every once in a while in a story, it's Santa Claus, so we'll hand wave and say, this is holiday magic. Holiday magic is what set this thing the way it was, right? Sometimes you need
1: to go off-piste, right?
2: You just got to do it, and it's okay. Um, so I think my team has learned, don't sweat the story. Ed will take care of that. Um But that said, I will get frantic uh, Slack messages in the middle of the night saying, hey, you know, I need to have a challenge that's set at Elf University. Holiday Hack Challenge 2019 was set at Elf University. It's called ElfU for short. Um, Anyway, and, (laughs) and now in 2021, it's like, I need some technology that only Elf University has, yet we're back in Santa's Castle. So is it okay if I set up a VPN between Santa's Castle and Elf University? And I'm like, Sure. You know, it's fine with me. What am I going to say? No. (laughs) These are the the levels
0: of discussions we have for trying to remain true to our story. Wow. It's it's just amazing. You kind of highlighted a couple things that I I really am seeing here, Ed, um, that tie holiday hack back to the university and the other work you do, which is you are, first of all, trying to still make our job fun and we really are we when are. people are are at the beginning of their career they don't realize that it's going to be a long slog and they need to make fun the job fun yeah the other thing you've kind of highlighted is i'm an idiot i don't know everything right and and keeping that attitude of i don't know everything i need to keep learning for the rest of my career amen and making that fun is hugely important so you've you've really highlighted and taken great steps for the industry of keeping that wide-eyed innocent fun and the, hey, I'm an idiot. Teach me more.
2: attitude. Well, I, that's very kind of you. I, I try not to, to think about that a lot, but I'm, I'm very thankful for my team. I really am. And, and their hard work on making this happen. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to do this Uh, And to work on the holiday hack challenge. I just um, I'm really mystified or flabbergasted that um, I I'm that that well that I'm able to do this Uh, and I don't ever want to take it for granted and uh, It is an amazing blessing in my life to be able to work on this stuff and to have you know, if I think about this um, I the, the the musicians the artists, we have a, a, a character artist named Annie Royal. Uh, she works out of uh, the UK. She's amazing. She does Santa Claus and Jack Frost and all that stuff for us. We have, you know, I, I, I can't name everybody by name because there's just so many people, but video game designer experts, some of the best cybersecurity experts in the industry. We have layout people. We have marketing people. We have, I mean, all of these people doing so much that it is, uh, it's kind of overwhelming to be honest with you um but but it is a labor of love fundamentally and we want to give it to the community absolutely free um we do so with, with without much on the commercial fanfare side right i mean we do have sponsors and we want to make sure people know because it costs a lot of money to make one of these things happen and i'm very thankful that we have the you know the folks to help us make that happen um but uh, we try not to you know make it seem too commercial um we do have a, a vendor area though, which most conferences do. So KringleCon has a vendor area where you can go and hop in and see the vendor booths and click on them and they will interact with you. Um, so that's always been kind of cool. And uh, I mean, I, I, is it okay if I mention our, our vendor sponsors? I, yes. Totally. Yeah, totally. So we, um, obviously, SANS, you know, helps underwrite the whole thing. That That's a very big deal there. Um, we we have a, a small company that uh, uh, called Google uh, that helps. and. <laughs> None yep, yep. Alpha, we, we host. Alpha we something. host the the whole thing is hosted in GCP, and and we love that. So we're we're you know very familiar with the Google Cloud Platform, and uh, we hosted all there. Uh, Splunk, I'm sure you've heard of Splunk, another great company. Uh, they they have sponsored us, um, and also the Sands College uh, sponsors us, sands.edu. Um, so you know, that's been wonderful. And, you know, we're bringing online some, some new sponsors and such. And again, I, we try not to make it commercial that said, when you hop into our courtyard where there's vendor booths, yeah, you click on them. They're going to tell you about their great stuff. I mean, that's okay, but they're, they're kind of paying the bills so that the whole rest of this virtual world can be open and free and gamified. Oh, there's one other point I forgot to mention. We have mini games. So when you hop in through this world, you can click on something and there's like a little gamified video game kind of thing, but here's, the point. All of the mini games have to be hackable. So you can win the mini game by playing the game or just hack it and then you got it. So that's, you know, a a really important thing.
1: It's every every time you say there's a new thing, I swear it. but wait, there's more.
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, You need to do an advert for it.
1: it. You need to do an advert for it that is just totally, you know, two o'clock in the morning on some random channels. Like,
2: wait, there's more. If you apply now, it's Ginsu knives or something like that, right? But, um, but you know, some people say, well, look, I don't have time to invest in holiday hack challenge, you know, cause I mean, how long does it take to solve the whole thing? If you're really good, it might take 40 hours. It could take a hundred hours. And they're like, I can't do that. Give us 15 minutes. Seriously. Just hop in, look around, say hi to the people. I might be there. I'm hopping around. If you just log in and look, solve one challenge, solve two, you don't have to solve it all. Just have some fun. And we run it during the holiday season for over a month so that people can kind of, you know, hang out there and have some fun in their spare time. People do ask all the time, can you do one not during the holiday season? Cause I want to spend time with my family. We get that, but it takes so much time and effort to build these things. We did one though in May of 2020 cause everybody was locked down, COVID was raging. And we did a small version of holiday hack challenge in springtime, at springtime, at least in the Northern hemisphere. Um, there were five challenges in it, and uh, you had to help uh, Santa deal with some video game issues he was having. So we did do one during the summer because of the extreme situation of the lockdown. Um, but you know that said, we we like to do them uh, you know during the holiday season because we we kind of structure our whole calendar. We I got to tell you this, we stopped doing pen testing October first. So that we can put all hands on deck for two months straight on holiday hack now they're working on holiday hack all year round but they're also doing pen testing and stuff like that we have two week-long meetings each year for the whole company and those week-long meetings are one is in april one is in october they're focused on holiday hack um and we have shut down all of our pen testing much to our customer's chagrin they're like can i get a pen test november 1st no we'll get back to you december 15th ish right and um So we shut down pen testing October 1st through December 15th, which is usually pretty safely after launch. So,
1: I mean, it's such a labor of love to get all of this done and keep this going. Right. I I think as a community, thank you Uh, right, for for doing this. Thank you. Thank
2: the whole team. It's the whole team that works. Please send our thanks to the whole team. I mean, you were doing virtual virtual cons before virtual cons were a thing. Isn't that amazing? It was just, I, so you want to hear the, the idea where KringleCon came from? just real quick um so i was teaching at a sans class i think it was in vegas and uh, we were working on holiday hack challenge 2017 and the the whole storyline was already written in abominable snow monster snowballs physics puzzler and i'm teaching the class and i look up and i see this guy's shirt it's a t-shirt and i look at his shirt and it says santa con and then i look away I'm like SantaCon, and then I look back at his shirt, and it says SaintCon. I had misread it.
1: Had you? Had you, or was it a sign from
2: there? Was it a sign? And I'm like, Santa needs to do a conference. Now we looked up, and it turns out SantaCon is like a drunken bar crawl thing. That's 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 different. Yeah, so we can't call it that. So you could. I mean, well, you could, but yeah, we don't want to get brand confusion, you know. Um. So I talked to the team. I think it was Evan who came up with the idea of calling it KringleCon. So that's where the whole idea of a conference came from. I just glanced up at my SANS class and I saw a guy with a T-shirt and I misread the T-shirt or did I, that I thought said SantaCon. And now we're, this year will be KringleCon 4, um, Calling Birds. So there was KringleCon 1, which was just KringleCon 1. KringleCon 2 had a subtitle of Turtle Doves. KringleCon 3 was French Hens.
1: KringleCon
2: 4, Calling Birds. You'll never guess what next year's is uh
1: Kringlecom 5 the revenge
2: yeah that's right yes revenge of the Kringle. you've got, you've got to
1: change it so you're not <laughs> to just people out so. well
2: um and next year will also be not the 20th of these because remember i used to do like more like every month but it'll be the 20th anniversary of a holiday hack challenge that'll be 2022 so, looking okay. forward to something big
0: yeah me too oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we ed we've taken up a lot of your time we've really appreciated it but You've got meetings to go to, uh, just like everybody else, unluckily. What have we, what haven't we talked about that's really exciting to you? Or or where can people find you and where will people be able to find sure. the holiday hack challenge?
2: Yep. So holiday hack challenge, um, it's at holidayhackchallenge.com. And people can go there anytime year round and practice for the last three years challenges. All of the answers are published for the previous year's challenges. So HolidayHackChallenge.com. On Twitter, I'm at Ed Um, and, uh, you know, the college is at sans.edu, uh, so sans.edu. Um, and the other thing, you know, I'd, I'd like to leave you with is this idea of supporting the community. Um, you know, it's, it's something that we try to do uh, with to hack. It's something that you do with this podcast. And, and I would I'd like to encourage other people. They might say, well, what do I have to contribute to the community? You do have something. Your, you know, your voice, a blog, some kindness, mentoring if you're even new to the community, you know, play holiday hack challenge and write up two or three of the challenges you were able to answer and share that with other people, um, or volunteer at a high school to go and, you know, run through holiday hack challenge or whatever CTF you want, or, you know, support, you know, maybe a community college computer club. I mean, try to brainstorm some ideas. The world is a tough place. The world is hard. It turned into hard mode Years ago, but got even harder with this whole COVID thing, and we need to kind of work together as a cybersecurity community to try to make the world a, a, a better place. So that's that's what I'd, I'd like to leave you thinking about. Um, I'm not saying you know that that I'm uh, you know particularly good at that, but but gosh, the the team here does try, and I know you guys try really well. So um, so anyway, I was just hoping to share that idea.
1: That's, that's great. I mean, it's a great message. Lift each other up, do, th- do things, share, enjoy. And, and as a community, again, thank you very much for you and the team for putting this on. And uh, hopefully when normality resumes, we can meet up at a conference soon and
2: uh, Yay! and get that's some amazing. good food. All right. Right.
0: Thank you, guys. Appreciate your time. This was is, this is a lot of fun. Uh, this is uh, I'm Martin McKay, Chris John Riley, and I have been talking to Ed Scotus about uh, uh, the Sands University and the Holiday Hack Challenge. Thank you very, very much uh, for joining us, Ed. It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the First Impressions podcast, and thanks to this week's guest. You can find Chris John Riley on Twitter at Chris John Riley, all one word. You can find me, Martin McKay, on Twitter at M-C-K-E-A-Y. And you can find the first organization at first.org, F I R S T. D-O-T-O-R-G. You can also find more information about FIRST and the First Impressions podcast at FIRST.org. Thanks again for listening.